Alrighty, we're back with the, another edition of Behind the Vinyl. Um, here with Nicholas, and yes. we have the pleasure of having Jeff Tate with us today. Welcome. Hello. Welcome to Stockholm. Thank you. Yeah. Another one of our bucket list um, guests, I would Absolutely. say. Absolutely. I would say so, yeah. Been a Queensryche fan and a fan for a long, long time. Oh, well, thank you. Yep. So the um, normal Behind the Vinyl, we're going to break down a record. This time we're going to break down Empire, coming up to the 30th anniversary, so it's very fitting. You're obviously on tour, um, playing the record as well. Um, so we're going to quiz you, you know, ask you some questions, get some insight, get some gossip on it, and uh, and we'll go from there. But let's start off by listening to the to the opening track. Great.
Um, Empire. So here's something I've always wanted to ask. Is it true the story where you tried to uh, audio record an actual drug deal Yes. for the intro of that song? Yes, it is. You were driving the car, I understand? I was driving the car. Uh-huh. Yeah. What, what happened? Um, well, at the time, uh, the previous album, Rage for Order, if I have to go back a little bit, backstory, um, was all about creating... Um, music out of uh, environmental sounds, mm-hmm. sort of a, um, a, I don't know, a, a predecessor to the industrial rock movement, I guess I'd say. Um, and so we just got in a habit of recording everything, everything we went, everywhere we went, we recorded. Um, and uh, we saw a drug deal going on as we were parked at some fast food restaurant or something like that. In Vancouver, right? Yeah, in Vancouver. Right. And, um, and so we uh, tried to walk over there and, you know, hold our microphones nearby so we could pick up the, the information. And they, of course, got spooked and, and ran away. But uh, we got some of it. And there, some of the, uh, of the deal uh, appears in certain parts of the album. And I'm never going to tell you where those are. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> There's all kinds of weird things in Queensryche albums, all kinds of strange um, back maskings and uh, reverse things and uh, conversations that take place, um, all kinds of things in their records. Nice. But also, I mean, what was the mindset going into Empire? Uh, You had Race for Order, you have Operation Mind Crime. Uh, what was the thoughts behind the album, writing songs and so on? Because well, I, I saw an old interview, which was from like, uh, I think when you played London on, on the Empire Tour, where you said like, there, there was no theme or anything like that, just going to go in and, and do whatever, kind of. Yeah, I think we were kind of waiting for something to hit us. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Because we'd sort of be, 
um, we'd sort of uh, begun working with themes and concepts, and it became sort of a, th a thing for us, mm. you know. And uh, with Empire, we wanted to take a step away from that and just concentrate on songwriting. And uh, I think uh, Chris c came up with a really good analogy that the, the songwriting was like creating a house of cards, and you, you create this very complex structure, and then you pull away all the cards until what's left is only what's needed to hold the house up. And that was kind of our philosophy going into it was um, we'd relied heavily on production and um, sound effects and uh, you know creating atmospheres and things like that in previous records. In this record, we just really wanted to pull all that stuff back and concentrate on, on what the uh, integral parts of uh, the song were. You know, did cool. you find that quite free? Uh, it was a it was a different approach. Yeah, it required a lot of discipline because there's a tendency when you have an idea to sort of layer up every idea you have on something. You know, and in this respect, it was uh, you know taking things away. You know, so it was a different approach than what we'd ever done before. Cool. Although that with um, that phone message. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Before but, Empire, yeah. Yeah, but, but just a story uh, where it says um, it's starting to hit me like a two-ton heavy thing. What was the uh, the thing behind that one? Well, it was my friend Randy. Yeah. Um, who, who was in Myth. Randy Gain, yeah, yeah. the keyboard player in Myth, and uh, later toured with Queensryche on several tours and played with me in uh, different solo configurations I've done over the years. And actually is staying at my house right now while I'm on tour. All watch, right. Watching our dogs. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was him. Yeah, I called him. We were supposed to go do something, and he was too tired to go out. And basically the, the message says it all, you know. <laughs> all right. So it was an actual message. It wasn't meant for the album like that? No, it wasn't no, something it was just a message. Scripted. Yeah, oh, it was? Yeah, just wow. something that he said. He was he was always saying interesting strange things <laughs> right okay so i always thought it was something scripted something that you thought of for the album to, to no, no. tie in it was just him song. lying on the sofa watching um tv he was watching uh the black adder series oh. and so you could hear that in the background if you listen to it carefully. all right you can hear like certain words from the black adder show i probably shouldn't say that because there's probably a copyright on it <laughs> <laughs>
So this came out in August 20th, uh, 1990, um, and you also worked with uh, Peter Collins, um, yeah. who you had worked with before. Um, how was it to work with him again on this? It was great. Yeah, Peter was a wonderful producer. Um, he was a, a administrative producer, meaning that uh, he was like the teacher, like the, the guy that uh, kept control of the classroom that right. was going crazy. And, uh, you know, he was, now class, calm down. We have to uh, finish this record now and and do everything right. It has to be on time and under budget or you won't be able to make another record. Remember that. It's constantly saying that kind of thing. Um, he really kept the project rolling, kept, kept it, you know, on budget. Uh, when you do a, a record project, there's a lot of details, you know, and, and sometimes from an artistic standpoint, you get lost in those details and you forget where you are. And he was very good about keeping everybody on track, you know, and uh, making appointments for, you know, studio sessions at different places because the record was recorded in quite a few different studios around the world. And, right. you know, he would make all those arrangements and uh, the different voiceovers and musicians that we would use, you know, he would make those um, uh arrangements for those people as well you know so he was very good at that kind of thing and then in the studio you know he would listen to the song and and he would give his feedback which we always you know were uh, anxious to hear his opinion about the song and uh you know he would say things like mm, i think we can do better that was a good one <laughs> um not quite right yet you know these were encouraging ideas, <laughs> encouraging thoughts. Right. Or, that's it. We're finished for the day. You know, oh. that's a good one. We like to hear that. He was a clever, clever man and uh, had a really good ear for catchy things, you know, that uh, oftentimes from an artistic standpoint you miss. You know, you just don't recognize something that's uh, going to be... Um, catchy or catch the year, you know? Right. And then again, he also said, ah, I don't think Silent City should be on the record. Oh, <laughs> right. But that was before it was finished. Right. And once right. it was finished and he heard it uh, in its entirety, the way it was meant to be uh, uh, heard, he changed his mind and said, absolutely, this is going on the record. Oh, okay. Right. But a song like, like Silent Lucidity, a uh, big hit, um, while recording it, when it was done, listening back to it for the first couple of times, did you feel like, you know, ah, this is something, this could be, could um, become? No, no. No, we never, I never. Right. Um, I can't speak for the other guys in the band, but I never, ever equate something I like with being, right. like, monetarily successful. It's it's more about, wow, does it, does it... Uh, does it move me? Does mm. it make me feel something? Am I crying? Am I laughing? Am I jumping up and down? Am I throwing my fist in the air? You know, how does the music make me feel, you know? And uh, definitely after we heard um, the song put together all the way, it was definitely a moving experience. Yeah. And I think all of us were surprised at the success that uh, the song had uh, from a commercial standpoint, definitely. You know, yeah. Wasn't it, ever expected. Right. You know? No, it was up for two Grammys. Um, yeah. Yeah. How, how did that feel? So, you obviously you were gaining success. Operation Mindcrime, you were growing and growing, and then Empire hit, went into number seven, headlining tour, eighteen like an eighteen month tour, right? Your biggest tour to date, and then um, 
two Grammy nominations. How, how are you feeling then? I was trying to figure out what that meant. Right. <laughs> like, Grammy nomination? <laughs> what the hell is that? Never even came into my thought process. You right. Know? And our management called and said, okay, well, we have you uh, booked on the Grammys. It's a show. And you're going to be playing your song. Um, so prepare for that. Okay. Well, we had been playing the song, so we were very prepared. Uh, but then we got on the show and found out that we were the only band playing live. Everybody else was lip syncing to right, everything. Yeah, of course. So right. we weren't really prepared to lip sync and we didn't need to. So we thought, well, we're just going to play it live. Right. Well, the production wasn't set up for that. <laughs> so we were like this, this, uh, anomaly, you know, for the, for the show. And and the producers are like, oh my God, what they're playing live? Uh, okay, well, what do we have to do to, to make that happen? And so they had to go through all this special arrangement and everything. And, and so finally, you know, there we were on the stage and there's the audience and there's a commercial break and the, the producer is counting down from the commercial break, you know, like, you know, 60, 59, 58, 57. And almost on every number he recites, the crew is plugging in these guitar chords into the amp. And every time they do, it goes, and making these horrible sounds, right? And we're trying to be calm, and we're in our places like this, you know, and just waiting and waiting until they figure it out. And it got down to four seconds, four, three. They put one in, and it was silent. And we, okay. And I was like, I took a deep breath. And they had these partitions that opened up. And then we played the song. All right. <laughs> nice. the most stressful situation I think I've ever been in. Wow. You know? Oh. Cool. What a great thing to do, but seriously, to 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 apply the Grammys. That's a yeah. really cool thing. It was it was a cool show. It was uh it was fun, you know. After that, I guess. No it, no absolutely it was not fun. <laughs> it was stressful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the afterthought. But the after party was good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Child, you were there, but only didn't 
find um doing like 18 18 months on the road from then how was how was that uh well that was you know that was rough yeah yeah that was rough but um you know i think we were resilient and young and um you know able to make it happen but i think it was a point where the band was sort of starting to um fragment somewhat you know mostly because we had a in my opinion, uh, we had a philosophical division 
within the band. And, you know, um, I was guilty of being on one side pretty hard. Um, you know, we, we got, we got, uh, presented with this idea of, uh, action figure dolls. Right. In our images. Oh, back, back then. And that just, it just freaked me out. (laughs) You know, that wasn't what I got into music for. Wow. And, uh, I just, you know, I kind of went crazy and said, absolutely not. I'm never ever going to do that. Wow. Some people wanted to be an action figure doll. I didn't. So we had a philosophical difference, you know, and that's kind of the name of the game with the band. We had, we had definite, um, lines, you know? Right. So difficult to, uh, navigate that, you know? Wow. Action heroes. Yeah. Sounds really cool now. (laughs) (laughs) What, babe? You want want the room key? Okay. Okay. Hold on one second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Action figure dolls. Imagine yeah. that. The big yeah, GT it's... across my uh, <laughs> chest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A cape? Absolutely. Cape would, yeah, yeah, you would look good in a cape. Gotta have a cape. Absolutely. You can't be an action figure doll unless you have a cape. Of course no, not. No, of no. course not. Then you're just a doll. Yeah. That's all you are. Yeah. Uh, I, I was kind of wondering, um, the song um, Last Time in Paris, mm-hmm. uh, was that recorded uh, yeah. during the album? It was. Yeah. But was, <laughs> funny enough, um, years after the uh, Empire album was yeah. released, um, we had gone, there was this thing about um, all, all your recordings are going to uh, fall apart, all the magnetic particles that keep the, the tape together right, right, are going right. to fall apart unless you bake them and then preserve them and then record them digitally. So right. we, we, we did that. And in doing so, we found all these unreleased songs. Songs that we had written and forgot about. Yeah. Which is the strangest feeling, I got to tell you. There I was, singing this song, words I had written. Right. But completely gone from my mind. I had no no memory of it, of it all. Huh. But yes, to answer your question, uh, Last Time in Paris was written around the same time. Right. That's a killer song. I yes, love, a song. I love that one. I yeah. love that one. And I, I, I just actually, I, I Googled set lists today. That you you actually played it on tour. I think we did, yeah. Yeah, you you yeah. Uh, several times actually. So mm. uh, yeah, because I think it ended up on the was it the Ford Fairlane Ford soundtrack Fairlane soundtrack, yeah, which is mm-hmm. a killer movie. I love that one. If you <laughs> insist, <laughs> if you appreciate that sort of humor, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, hell yeah, yeah. hell yeah. Um, another thing, the 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 lyrical and the 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 not the concept of the album, but the the thread of it, you know, in regards to the, the drugs and the, you know, the often the, the difficult times for youth and so on and so forth. 30 years old, the album, but it's still extremely relevant to today when you're, when you're singing now, it's possibly even more relevant to the, the, uh, the, the way society is now. Would you agree? Yeah. In, in some respects. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think we move lightning fast in some areas of our 
societal growth, you know? Yep. I mean, we are very connected worldwide now, and that's an amazing um, uh, advance in civilization, I think, that we're all communicating and we're all telling our individual stories and we're all collecting information world, worldwide now. Amazing. Yep. And I think we're, we're going to be, in, in the next few years, making leaps and bounds in, in social issues because of that. But there's a lot of things that don't move fast, you know? And, um, and those things we notice now, you know, 30 years later, and we, we think about that and recognize that, uh, you know, some things stay the same, you know? There's a, a need in humans for drugs and for the release of, uh, uh, or the, I guess the shift of reality, you know? We crave that in a lot of ways, you know, through alcohol or, or drug use or whatever, but it's a sort of a basic human need at times to just separate and get out of yourself, you know? And um, so that doesn't changed, you know? There's still rampant homelessness, mental illness. Yep. Um, those things haven't changed. In fact, no. they've probably gotten worse now, you know? I know where I live uh, in Washington State in, in the United States, uh, we did away with all the mental institutions and privatized them. Right. And so they just turned all the mental in, uh patients that needed mental care they just turned them loose on the streets and so they're walking around trying to take care of themselves right, as best right, they can yeah. you know yeah. so it's a it's a interesting time you yeah. know to uh sort of recognize that and, and evaluate it and see where we are you know and it's it's interesting when you play the music and you, you know it's 30 years old and you and you hear some of the same things that are happening then or happening now it's 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 odd and yeah. strange you know yeah yeah i i see that
that was one thing that for me, I, I was a teenager in the 80s and 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 with Queensryche also and with, with Rage for Order and Mind Crime and Empires, I mean the, the lyrics um, you know, were were quite different to all the other stuff that I listened to. I was heavily into Motley Crue and Rat and Very different from that. <laughs> very different. Which was all about, you know, partying and women and girls and all that. Yeah. And then you have Queensryche that really stood out in that way, which was way more serious mm-hmm. and and wrote about stuff that, yeah, as you mentioned, problems in the society and all that. And that was really interesting. And you always read about like the band back then, that it was like the the thinking man's or thinking man metal or whatever they yeah. call it in Kerrang magazine or wherever it was. Now we would say thinking person's metal. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, but it were, really you were, stood you were still out. On the bill, you're on the bill with the uh, you're on the bill with these bands. Yeah, you, know, you played Monsters the Rock. You know, with the there you have the Black Crows. You know, yeah. and it's all about you know weed and so on. And oh so sure, forth. yeah. yeah. And, uh, so it's uh, that must have been interesting as well. I just did a show uh, with Chris Robinson's band this last summer. Oh, yeah, kind of funny, you know, uh, <laughs> or interesting timing, you know, right? Being, yeah, being in the same concert with him, right. festival, you know. Yeah. yeah, that was the first time I saw Queensrÿche in mm. in Copenhagen on the Monsters of Rock tour with uh, Metallica, you guys, ACDC, and, and the Black Rose. What an amazing tour that was! I that tell you. was oh. killer. Man, so many memories from that tour. So many crazy drunken nights. From yeah, that yeah. Tour. Because you know it's Brian Johnson's fault. <laughs> Although I love him and he's quite a gentleman and very generous. Yeah. He would every night after the show, he would uh, reserve a, a particular pub in whatever city we were at. Right. You would book it and invite everybody there, and so the place was packed. Right. And he never ever let you pay for your drink all night long. Right. And so, Sounds you know. horrible. <laughs> I, I, it was horrible. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> Anything you could want, you know, right. for free yeah. and at your, at your whim, you know. Yeah. Man, it required ultimate discipline. <laughs> well, yeah, let's flip that because your instrument is your voice. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, how did, did, are you affected Yeah, he nearly that? destroyed me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, man. it was a it was a wonderful tour, and and Brian is very generous and lovely man, and the band ACDC is absolutely hands down my favorite band I ever toured with. Right. Um, I wasn't like a a huge ACDC fan when we went on tour with them, but afterwards, I bought all the records. Right. <laughs> Way to go! <laughs> nice. They're amazing. Yeah. yeah, amazing. That's great. Didn't do that with Motley Crue. <laughs> <laughs> Say no more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, but that was that was a uh, that was a great show. And uh, well, you know what ACDC had was they had uh, clever lyrics, right? right Very yeah. clever. Sure. You know, yeah. There was sarcasm. Oh, and, yeah. uh Tongue in cheek. Tongue yeah. in cheek. There was so many different aspects. She's to got what balls. But their, their lyrics were. They yeah. weren't just like, you know, vulgarity. No. You know, they had vulgar moments, but oh, sure. It was laced with uh, humor, yeah. you know, yeah. and that, and that's that's brilliant. Yeah. And then they had great like grooves and hell know, yeah, great guitar oh, yeah. riffs the, and the groove and the melodies of that. Absolutely, they, they yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And yeah. the nicest people you ever want to meet. Right. Yeah. But also on that, when you did your own tour, the, the headline tour, and you you played over, there were so many dates on that tour, and when you especially when they played when you played the U.S. Um, 
because you played uh, Mindcrime uh, as well on that tour uh, in yes. its entirety. What, what was that like? The how did that come about? Playing that album in its entirety, and you have a new album out, and well, because we never got to do it, right? We right. never got to headline that right. that album, and we always wanted to play it in its entirety. Yeah, that's how it was meant to be played. Yeah, and um, we had the opportunity, so we took it, right, you know, and did it. And a lot of people had never heard of us before, Empire, and once they did, we thought, well, let's give them some of what we what we what we do and what we're about so let's right. play this you know and that's obviously why you recorded it for the live album yeah 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 and I always remember the look on people's faces because a lot of people hadn't hadn't heard of us before except for Silent Lucidity right and that was their song and they came to the show to see that song and we made them wait to the very yeah. end <laughs> and so they that's had to good. sit through all this metal you that's know and good. there's like stuff they'd never heard of yeah maybe they didn't even like right but they did it just yeah. so they could hear Silent Lucidity and Thank you, everybody, for doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Excellent. Well, that's about it. Yeah. Um, Hell yeah. We'll wrap it up. Thanks for your time. Um, enjoy the tour. You're out there playing the, the record now, 30 years on. Yeah, yeah. and Race wow. Water. And exactly. Yeah. Two really different albums. Yeah, very. Very different albums. Very two, different. Two of my absolute favorites. I've been. I've only done, uh, I think, three shows now. Right. Three shows or maybe two shows. Two shows, I think. Yeah. And... Um, Early last show we did, I really recognized how different the albums were. Yeah. Really oh, yeah. different. Oh yeah. Presentation and feeling and you know, Rage is so dark. It is. Yeah. It know? is. And uh, Empire requires a, a complete shift of your 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 mind when you present it. You know, yeah. you have to completely divorce yourself from yeah. Rage now yeah. and yeah. get into Empire, which is oh, yeah. a lot lighter. You know, although some some of the subject matter is. You know, quite heavy, like Della Brown, of course, yeah. dealing with homelessness, you know, and uh, resistance, dealing with uh, environmentalism and the challenges to that. But a lot of it's more up-tempo and more lighter. Yeah, know? yeah. So it's a, it's, a, it's a whole different presentation. I just got to ask, because um, when you did kind of get close to you on Race for Order, because I'd never heard of Dalbello, and later on I, I came to love the stuff she did. But was she, because uh, she's Canadian, right? Yep. Or, yeah. Mm -hmm. was, she an, was she like a well-known artist no. when you covered her? She wasn't, right? Not at all. No. No, nobody no. ever heard of her. Right. Yeah. That's so a good, that's I a think good we song. It's maybe a good we kind of helped. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Hell yeah! No, it's, it's no, a, it's she's a, a very important artist, and she has made um, several amazing records that are yeah. definitely worth listening to. Absolutely, I love yeah. the one. I think it's called. I think it's one after "Gonna Get Close to You." She, she with yeah. uh, "Let's Tango" and uh, and all that. Back in, black, black on black, whatever yep, it's called. Black on yeah. black. Oh, love that stuff. Great stuff. Okay. Excellent. Thanks for your time. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Um, enjoy the tour and um, hopefully we'll see you again in uh, Stockholm sometime soon. Hope so. Yeah. Cool. Love Stockholm. <laughs>
and you're always there Every time I cry your name at night You pull close and say it's alright I look in your eyes just like the rain Washing me red, wash over me Touching your face, I feel the heat of your heartbeat echo in my head like a scream. What you do to me? Waited so long, I can't wait another day without you. Chasing a Bye. 